The Sloss Sports Show on Anchor.fm, weekly episodes highlighting and breaking down the biggest stories across sports. Make sure to keep up with the latest episodes and breaking news on Twitter by following at Sloss Sports Show and keep up to date with the latest breaking news around the NFL. The official site of the show, knoble87.wixsite.com slash Sloss Sports Report. And now, here's your host, Cole Noble. What is going on, everyone? Welcome to the Slaw Sports Show. I'm your host, Cole Noble, a.k.a. Slaw, and it is Friday at 10 p.m., which means we are live for the Slaw Sports Show. So thank you all for joining me here on WSOE 89.3 and also people turning tuning in remotely um, who will be listening to the Slaw Sports Show on Spotify, Anchor.fm, um, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, anywhere you find a podcast, you will find the Slaw Sports Show. So we're here back for another episode this week, and we're going to be jam-packed, mostly in the NFL again. We're gonna, if we have time, we'll get into some March Madness. But this week, we're in the middle of NFL free agency frenzy going on throughout the entire league. Pretty much all of the teams are getting into the free agency right now, except my Green Bay Packers. But it is what it is. Uh, we re-signed Aaron Jones, so i got to be happy about that. But so far, it's the same story, different year with the Green Bay Packers and free agency. But all things considered, free agency frenzy has been nothing short of spectacular so far. Deals left and right. Bill Belichick is throwing money like it's candy out to little kids on Halloween right now. Uh, so it's great to watch all this going down in the league. But as always, if you are a fan of the show, follow the show th- um, you know, throughout weekly, you know we start the episode off always with Slaw's main card pick'em of the week in the UFC. So this week, we're going to come back again and do it again. Uh, right now, we have a 4-2 and two record for my main card pick of the week. Last week, Edwards versus Muhammad ended in a no contest after Edwards poked Muhammad in the eye. Uh, so that one, we're not counting against our record. Um, I believe we had Edwards by knockout or m- maybe by decision. I think we had Edwards by decision. Uh, so ended in no contest. So that one will not go against our overall record. But we returned this week, and we got Kevin Holland versus Derek Brunson and a middleweight bout on UFC tomorrow night um, in Vegas. So we're excited. Uh, Kevin Holland is going to be headlining his first UFC event um, tomorrow night. So I think it's going to be a great card. You know, we got big mouth uh, Kevin Holland going up against Derek Brunson, a guy who's been in the UFC for a long time now, 10-year veteran, 37 years old. This guy's been there and done that in the UFC. And, you know, coming in to take, you know, potentially try to take him down is going to be Kevin Holland, who is a young up and coming guy. And I'm really excited to see what he can do tomorrow night, making his, you know, debut um, on a UFC event. And I'm, you know, excited to see him now in a main card. But what we do for Slaw's main card pick of the week is we break down both fighters, uh, give some stats and, you know, the keys to their playing style, talk a little bit about their last five matches, and then give our pick. Of who we think will go, uh, who we think will move on and win this fight. So let's start first with Kevin Holland. And uh, you know, big mouth. I I want to start with him first. I like this guy's style. Right now, he's one of the most confident fighters in the entire UFC, and he's got the mouth to back it up. As a football guy, I love to see that in the octagon. Um, so looking at it, he's the only middleweight to go five and zero in the calendar year. Uh, you know, last year going five and zero. And his last fight uh, was December of 2020. So it's, you know, hasn't really been a while for him uh, compared to Derek Brunson. His last fight was August of 2020. So Big Mouse a little bit fresher in this one. Um, you look at his stats of what he's done. Um, overall, his record is 21 and 5 in the UFC. He has five consecutive wins, like I just said, in the middleweight division. And, you know, three first round finishes in those five consecutive wins. The guy who likes to punch fast and get after him. And, you know, he's a very accurate striker. And that's really what I like most about Kevin Holland. 60.5% of his significant strikes, he lands. So when he punches and he means it, he's going to land it on him. And so that's what I'm excited to see. And, um, you know, we're going to see that tomorrow night from Kevin Holland against Derek Brunson. And then also just his fighting style. Like I said, he's a long, fast, accurate striker. Um, Likes to get after a guy fast and get him down in the early rounds. And, you know, as of right now, he's only getting more confident in the octagon and he's getting more comfortable 
pairing that up with his, you know, with the confidence, the comfortability, pairing that up with the mouth he has. You know, that's why Dana White wanted to put this guy on a main card for a fight, and he finally gets his shot to do so uh, tomorrow night. So now let's turn to the other side, the tail of the tape for Derek Brunson. 21-7 and seven is his record in the UFC, 37 years old, like we said, 10-year veteran. But, however, with what he's done, um, you know, with his wins, none of his last three opponents were ranked opponents. It's been a while since he's had a significant fight. Uh, so we're going to see, you know, what what's going to be in store here and what we're, you know, what kind of Derek Brunson we're going to see going up against Kevin Holland tomorrow night. And you look at the stats Derek Brunson's had um, in his fights. Uh, he is a perfect 15 for fi- 15 for 15 on his takedown, uh, takedown defense. A guy who doesn't get taken down very often, uh, but also doesn't play into the style of Kevin Holland. And he has 12 middleweight UFC victories um, in the division. So. Like I said, this guy's been here for a long time. He's been there, and he's done that. And looking at his last five fights, he's won three of the last five. Two of them were by the decision. And like we said, August 2020 was his last fight in the octagon. So when I look at these two fighters, um, you know, Kevin Holland on one side, Derek Brunson on the other, it's kind of, you know, the age is a big far, uh, excuse me, age is a big part of this one. And, you know, Kevin Holland being a much younger guy compared to Derek Brunson. And also, you know, the way Kevin Holland plays, I'm fascinated by the guy. Um, you know, his energy is electric when he's in the octagon and his confidence shines and it shows through when he fights. And I think all those are going to be a big factor in him moving forward uh, throughout his career. So when I go and think about my pick for this fight, I think this one's going to be an easy one, um, in my opinion. Just Kevin Holland has that championship mentality right now. He's going to go out there and he's going to win. It doesn't matter who's across from him. And basically, he's just looking at a body. He's not looking at a guy in front of him. He's looking at another guy he's going to take down um, and continue on this run that he's building for himself. So I'm going to take Kevin Holland in this one. Uh, I like Big Mouth. Keep saying it again and again. I like his confidence. But I'm going to take Kevin Holland. And we'll give it a a TKO uh, in this one. We'll give Kevin Holland TKO over Derek Brunson as Slaw's main card pick'em of the week for Saturday, March 20th main card in this middleweight bout. I'm excited this one. Hope to improve to five and two. We got to keep building this record. Hopefully, you know, we're past the no the no contest. Um, really, no contest is really hurting the sport right now, especially this year. We've already seen two of them. Um, so I think that is just a big part that's kind of taken it away. Uh, especially for people who are out and you know going out and buying the pay-per-views, seeing main cards in a no contest feels like a waste of money for those people. And Dana White's trying to crack down on the illegal streaming for the UFC. Having fights in that way and having you know cards in that way and pay-per-views in that way is not good for the sport going forward. So hopefully we get a good, clean fight going here uh, with Kevin Holland and Derek Brunson. But again, Slaw's main card, pick'em of the week, Kevin Big Mouth Holland by TKO against Derek Brunson. We're going to take a quick break and we come back. We're going to go over to the NFL and spend a quite a bit of time there. Free agency frenzy has been this week and we'll get you everything you need to know about all the signings, big names, and of course, who's still left on the board going into the weekend. So we're going to take a break and we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back here on the Slaw Sports Show. Here on the Slaw Sports Show, we talked about Slaw's main card, pick them of the week. Now we're done with the UFC and we're moving over to the NFL. Free agency frenzy is on full steam ahead. Now we're into the league year. Started on Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern time. It is now Friday night. And things still haven't been decided in free agency, which is honestly, I think, the most surprising thing so far. The market is so dry right now in the entire free agency at key positions, too. Uh, you think about the cornerbacks and the wide receiver market so far, both uh, positions have been struggling to find relevant contracts that fit their needs um, and fit their wants uh, for what they expected to get out of the free agency class this year. And, you know, a big part of that is the upcoming NFL draft class that is filled with wide receivers, um, you know, throughout the board, like we saw last year. And, you know, not even the first round guys, but the day two, day three guys. I mean, you got guys like Cornell Powell and Amari Rogers uh, falling late, potentially in the draft. And of course, you know, 
all the big names in the first round, Devonta Smith, Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddell, uh, Rashad Bateman, Kadarius Toney, all guys who are a, you know a lot cheaper options and have pretty much what some scouts believe the same potential as some of the greats in the NFL this year. So it's a, you know it's kind of easy to see why the wide receiver market isn't doing as well as it usually does um, this season. But you know going forward, uh, for what we see the rest of the free agency, the other positions have been picking up. But again, the cornerback they're in the same scenario uh, that we see. Um, going on right now with the wide receivers, just a slow market. And, you know, just, I think, you know, I don't know if the market will pick back up here, but a lot of agents and a lot of players right now, like, you know, the big name wide receivers are, I think their best option is going to be taking these one year flyers this year in free agency and retest the market next year. You know, maybe part of it might be that the money's down this year with the salary cap, you know, going down tremendously this off season. Uh, but I think the one-year flyers, uh, you know, one-year prove-it deal with, you know, a potentially heavily offensive t- uh, team could be a better option for wide receivers especially. And then for corners, um, you know, it's just the same thing. Just go out, one-year prove-it deal, and get your money next season. Just the market is so dry right now for these two positions. And, you know, of course, like I said, the uh, upcoming draft class is a big part of that. But some people are throwing money around. And we're going to start with our free agency, you know, recap of what we've seen so far, obviously with the New England Patriots. I think that they have done the most in free agency out of any team in the NFL. Bill Belichick going out of his usual, and we talked about it in the intro, throwing money around like candy to kids on Halloween. He is giving money away to everybody, and he pretty much made the biggest splash, um, you know, on the first day of the legal tampering period on Monday, start at 12 p.m., Eastern time just went out in the first 10 minutes and signed John U. Smith to a massive contract. Uh, the number two tight end on PFF's um, free agent list went out, got him in. You know, I, I was sitting there like, what about Hunter Henry? He was there. I, you know, that's who I thought would always be the favorite to go to New England. But Bill Belichick made his first splash with John U. Smith, then went defense with Matt Judon, bolstering that defensive line. And then came day two where Hunter Henry now over, of course, with the New England Patriots, along with Jonu Smith. So Bill Belichick locks in the number one and number two tight ends of the of the free agency class this year. Hunter Henry gets a three year, thirty seven point five million dollar deal and Jonu Smith, a four year, fifty million dollar deal. So both guys get a twelve point five average contract on the season and. I mean, the New England Patriots are going back to that two tight end style offense we saw back with Rob Gronkowski and Aaron Hernandez, which is one of the first years of the Josh McDaniels era uh, with that offense in New England. And that was one of their best offenses they've had uh, with Josh McDaniels as the offensive coordinators with that offense. So I want to see how they work that this year uh, with Cam Newton at quarterback, um, see you know how this offense is going to take this next step and go to the next level uh, from you know the putrid season we saw last year offensively for New England. Uh, but defensively as well, I think that they're you know going to improve even more than their offense will this season for New England. You think about guys that are coming back, Devin McCourty in the secondary. Uh, you know they got uh, Donta Hightower at linebacker coming back from opting out of last season because of COVID nineteen, and then you adding guys like Matthew Judon, Jalen Mills, and bringing back Kyle Van Noy also at linebacker. So the the pieces are coming in defensively as well for the New England Patriots, and then. Everyone always said last year their biggest question was their weapons on offense. Obviously, number one tight end, number two tight end, and Smith and Henry coming in is going to help that. But how about Bill Belichick going out and spending even more? Nelson Aguilar and Kendrick Bourne come in now at wide receiver for the New England Patriots. Um, you know, getting two mid-tier guys I thought was pretty questionable for the Patriots. I think they would have been you know more well off getting a, a true number one, say a Kenny Galladay or a Wolf, uh, Will Fuller type in free agency, but instead go. Uh, with Aguilar and Kendrick Bourne. Uh, Kendrick Bourne, I'm a little skeptical about uh, with the Patriots. I think they may have overpaid him a little bit, and I think that there's better options available that meet his same caliber of what he brings to the offense. But Nelson Aguilar, I thought they got him on a great deal. Uh, Two years, $22 million, uh, $11 million average. Some people might think that's too high for a guy like Nelson Aguilar. But in my opinion, Nelson Aguilar is one of the most elite deep threat ball catchers in the entire National Football League. The guy's just a burner. And, you know, he's had his issues with drops in Philadelphia. But last year with the Las Vegas Raiders, he got those cleaned up. And we really could see 
what he's capable capable of when he can stay consistent. Um, so I think he will be a good deep threat, a good deep threat option for Cam Newton in order to help keep defenses, you know, somewhat on, somewhat honest uh, when they're playing against them. Not so much playing the run, but also have that you know potential to Cam Newton to just air it out forty yards downfield in stride uh, to Nelson Aguilar could be you know, a big opportunity for them in their offense. So the Pats, big spenders so far. They spent more, I believe, than any other team in the National Football League so far. And they've done good and got some great talent offensively and defensively to rebuild. Uh, Early today, Patrick Chung, the safety for the New England Patriots, announced his retirement from the NFL. But I think they already got his successor at the position and Jalen Mills from the Philadelphia Eagles. So they already pretty much filled that hole that now opened up today. Uh, with their defensive side. So New England, I want to see, you know, do they bounce back next season? Um, Do they come back up and be one of the premier teams in the National Football League and challenge the Buffalo Bills again uh, for the AFC East crown? And for football fans around the world, anybody outside the New England area, that's not what you want to hear. But it's looking like Bill Belichick might be back next season with what he's done so far in free agency. But my biggest question here, uh, you know, Slaw's biggest question for the Patriots is going to be, do they ride actually with Cam Newton for the entire season? You know, there's all the talks that, you know, they wanted, you know, allegedly that they were interested in reuniting with Jimmy Garoppolo. If Cal Shanahan and John Lynch release Jimmy Garoppolo, do the Patriots still try to make a move? Patriots sitting at the number 15 overall pick could be in range potentially for Mac Jones in the first round. Do they potentially get their long-term quarterback? and the draft to sit behind Cam Newton partially through the season. A lot of options still on the table uh, for New England at the most important position. And I think the biggest question is because they gave that contract to Cam Newton that basically is a very well backup contract. Nowhere near starter level. We talked about it last week. Uh, But interested to see what more moves the New England Patriots make so far. But Right now, they're one of the true winners of free agency so far. And another winner of free agency is the Washington football team, who last year was the Washington playoff team. This year, it's looking like they might repeat that feat, um, what they've done so far in free agency. First one they made that you know was a big one, late night deal. Ryan Fitzpatrick on a one-year, $10 million deal. Fitzmagic, he's going to Washington. And, you know, he had a great interview, talked about, you know, revenge games and, you know, you know, when team or when a player gets cut from a team or moves on, goes to a new team and then plays his former team. It's always the big talk of the revenge game all week long. Ryan Fitzpatrick's been pretty much on every team in the NFL, he said. And uh, every week's, you know, pretty much can be a revenge week for him. Uh, So he's always bringing his energy as always. And I think Washington, um, you know, I always thought that it was questionable moving on from Alex Smith, even though they had, you know, a pretty decent cap hit on him. Uh, but I think they've, you know, answered that bell so far uh, with Ryan Fitzpatrick. And there's a lot of talk potentially, you know, they still could be in the market for Sam Darnold. That's bogus in my opinion. Um, I say ride with Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's your guy this year. And, you know, see what happens next year because they already got three quarterbacks they locked in this year. Taylor Heineke got a contract extension. They tendered uh, Kyle Allen as well. And then now, uh, signing Ryan Fitzpatrick in the offseason. So I don't think uh, that they will make any more moves um, at the quarterback position. I think they're pretty much set. And then more moves on offense they made. Curtis Samuel, I thought, was a huge deal uh, for the Washington football team. And that was one of my favorite moves that I spotlighted in free agency was Curtis Samuel landing with the Washington football team. I said Washington needed another option alongside Terry McLaurin at receiver. And, you know, pretty much a true slot guy to take the pressure off McLaurin. And they got that in Curtis Samuel. This guy is a amazing difference maker out of the slot. Explosive, dynamic. The guy just makes plays anywhere. You can put him on sweeps. You can put him in the backfield at running back even. And Ron Rivera loved him in Carolina. No surprise he went after him in free agency with Carolina letting him walk. Uh, So I think he's going to be a perfect addition and A-plus signing, in my opinion, by Washington with Curtis Samuel. And then address their defense a little bit as well. Uh, you know, they let Ronald Darby leave at corner and instead replace him with a good veteran guy in William Jackson from the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, so I thought that they were a second winner uh, from what we saw in free agency this year. And then the Cincinnati Bengals. I think that they're now another winner that we got to look at. At first, 
you know, before today, they were a loser uh, because they have yet to address their offensive line, which I thought was, a you know, in the entire league, you look at a position, you look at a team that is in most in need. It was the offensive line in Cincinnati, and it took them all the way up until, you know, today to finally address that need. But finally, they did so. They got Riley Reef um, on their offensive line now, formerly of the Minnesota Vikings. He's now locked in with the Cincinnati Bengals. And, you know, it's good that they finally addressed offensive line because Joe Burrow coming back, rehabbing from an ACL tear, he can't sit behind that brutal offensive line they had last season. But now revamped it here, uh, potentially getting Riley Reef. You look forward to the draft. Uh, you know, you put Riley Reef at tackle, um, helping out you know, a little bit on the outside with Joe Burrow. Now you look toward the draft in April with the fifth overall pick. Now you can address the other tackle position as well and get a guy like Penny Sewell, who is, you know, being claimed to potentially be a generational talent as an offensive lineman. If they can add him, I think that they did a great offseason. But you look at the rest of the moves uh, the Cincinnati Bengals have made. Mike Hilton and Cheetaway Awuzie now are their two corners. So, you know, I thought it was a good deal by Cincinnati. Uh, corner was, I'd said, I would say their second most important position going into the offseason by an offensive line. And they did a great job addressing not even not only their number one corner position, but also number two uh, with Awuzier and Mike Hilton coming on um, on their defensive back front. And then up front on the defensive side, Trey Hendrickson came in. Big deal. Guy double digit sacks last year for the New Orleans Saints. I still have issues with this contract. They gave him a massive deal. Um, pulling it up right now, four four years, $60 million on that contract for Trey Hendrickson. I knew he was going to get a pretty good deal. I didn't think it would be this big in free agency, and that's my only gripe I have with the Cincinnati Bengals is they let, uh, they let Carl uh, Lawson leave and replaced him instead with Trey Hendrickson and Carl Lawson signed a three-year, $45 million deal with the New York Jets. Carl Lawson already knew your scheme on defense, familiar with the team, and, you know, same position. I don't understand why you let him walk and overpay, in my opinion, for Trey Hendrickson. And I don't know what kind of production you're going to get from Hendrickson either. Like, I mean, yeah, he had double-digit sacks last season with the New Orleans Saints, but that's playing on a, on a defensive front with Cam Jordan and Marcus Davenport. Now you put him on a, you know, deteriorated defensive front, in Cincinnati, now that they have uh, released Aikens, uh, Jordan Aikens as uh, George Aikens as well. Uh, you know, Aikens was a big part of their interior defensive line. They uh, departed from him today, so it's interesting uh, what they what move they made there with Hendrickson. But Larry Ogunjobi is another one they added up front on defense. I thought he was a good pickup, good value with him. Uh, but just my only gripe with Cincinnati is the uh, Trey Hendrickson pick, in my opinion, just overpaid. But now let's talk quarterbacks, guys. I think this was an interesting position. We just talked about Ryan Fitzpatrick and Cam Newton getting two new deals in free agency. But it looks like, let's look at some of the other guys um, that so far have gotten contracts. And we'll start here with Jameis Winston and the New Orleans Saints. He finally agreed to his new deal, locking him in. It's looking like there's going to be a real QB battle going on in New Orleans this year uh, between Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill, who's going to be the guy that starts in week one, is going to be one of the biggest talks of the offseason this year in the entire league. Uh, but he's coming back uh, with the New Orleans Saints. I thought that was a good deal for them with Drew Brees retiring. I'm excited to see what Jameis Winston can do on the field again. Um, I have high hopes for them, high hopes for him this season if he can land um, or if he can land that starting job and take that over from Taysom Hill. I think he'll have a great year. You know, he's got the LASIK eye surgery, so watch out for famous Jameis. You know, he's seeing things again. He knows who's on his team. He's ready to, he's ready to uh, let it rip. Um, I'm thinking he gets maybe a 25 to 15 touchdown interception ratio instead of a 30 to 30 this time around. So watch out for famous Jameis. He's back for some more crab jambalaya uh, with the New Orleans Saints. And just so some other uh, QB pickups. Jacoby Brissett signed a one-year $5 million deal to be the new backup quarterback for the Miami Dolphins. Um, you know, if he, of course, he's reuniting. Uh, with his head coach there in Miami, Brian Flores, used to be with the New Orleans, or excuse, used to be with the New England Patriots. Uh, you know the team that drafted Jacoby Brissett. So he, you know, there's still some connections there. He's going to now be the backup quarterback behind Tua Tagovailoa. Got some issues with that um, with the Miami Dolphins getting another veteran backup behind Tua. 
still kind of makes me think, especially with that $5 million contract, maybe they're still not 100% on board with Tua going into next season. But I guess there's uh, both sides of the argument of that one as well. And then we'll go over Tyrod Taylor signing with the Houston Texans. That's going to be very interesting, especially with the Deshaun Watson you know, situation going on right now. Is he going to get traded or not? Um, you know, Houston made a good move, in my opinion, here, getting a veteran guy just in case Watson does get traded, which, again, as the days go on, it might be more and more likely, even though he's dealing with that scandal uh, going on right now. Um, but even with that scandal, I think it's looking more and more likely that Watson is going to be leaving from the Houston Texans. So Tyrod Taylor now comes in. He could be a guy potentially if Watson's traded for a top draft pick, a guy who can start the first couple of games uh, before a rookie takes over. They also got Ryan Finley via trade with the Cincinnati Bengals. So that's two quarterbacks now going over to the Houston Texans. And Houston's just doing a lot of interesting things right now. 29 players they have now acquired this offseason, either through free agency or through trades. Um, you know, the first one, uh, first trade, obviously, we just talked about Ryan Finley coming over at quarterback from the Cincinnati Bengals. Of course, also Ryan Finley at tight end. So Finley to Finley action. Uh, going on potentially in Houston. They got Shaq Lawson at edge from the Miami Dolphins, and they got Marcus Cannon from the New England Patriots. So Patriots and Dolphins and Houston and big old family tree going on in the NFL right now. A lot of buddy systems between those four teams, um, you know, including um, the Detroit Lions in there as well. But 25 free agent signings, and none of these guys for Houston have been big names. And you know, only one of their 25 free agents was signed for, for more than two years. So why are you getting all these random players on one-year flyers? Nick Cassiero is doing a lot of interesting things right now with the Houston Texans. You know, running back is going to be very interesting with today's breaking news of Philip Lindsley signing uh, with the Houston Texans. They've already signed uh, Mark Ingram to go along with David Johnson, who they already have. I don't know what's going on in Houston right now. That The entire organization's a dumpster fire. Right now, they're my favorite for the number one pick next season. Don't think they're going to be very good going forward next year. But continuing on in free agency with our quarterbacks, Mitchell Trubisky, the MVP, the Nickelodeon valuable player. Um, love money, Mitch. As a Packers fan, hate to see him go. Uh, he's now leaving and going to the Buffalo Bills on a one-year $2.5 million deal, set to be the backup quarterback to Josh Allen. That now bumps uh, Jake Fromm quarterback they drafted last year now potentially to being their uh, practice squad guy that they might keep on the roster going forward but Mitchell Trubisky I think this was best case scenario for him uh, he's had a lot of hate the last couple of years um, you know last two especially uh, for his performance and taking a lot of shots um, about his you know performance on the field but he stayed strong through it all he's a guy who's been no nonsense he's never talking He's just always, you know, trying to have his teammates back and a great guy. And I appreciate him for that. Um, you know, as a foot, um, as him on a football or as him as a football player, I appreciate, you know, the mentality he always has and just the character Mitchell Trubisky is. And I think sitting a year behind Josh Allen is going to be great for Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, that one year deal, I think sitting for a year might have people, you know, somewhat forget about him. And next year he's, you know, potentially could retest the market and see if anybody you know tries to take him in under their wing uh, next offseason. But I think it's good for him to sit a year behind Josh Allen and be in a different be in a different offense and a great one with Brian DeBall next season and you know just sit take your time, you know do, do like Jameis Winston did this this past season after you know his 30 for 30 season. He sat behind Drew Brees for a year, took it all in and now has the potential the potential to cash in on it this year. I think we're going to see something similar in Mitch Trubisky. Just take the year off, sit back, learn more, learn how to be a pro, handle yourself um, on the field from jo what you see in Josh Allen, and then next year, um, you know, just see where the league takes you from there. So I think it's a good good fit for Mitchell Trubisky. Good price for the Buffalo Bills. I like that deal. And then Andy Dalton to the Chicago Bears. Let's talk about Chicago. Chicago is in the market for Deshaun Watson. Allegedly, they were in the market for Carson Wentz. Russell Wilson's name started getting thrown around, potentially in a trade. Chicago was eating it up, offered three first-round picks, um, even more, I think two starters, maybe even some seconds. They offered a handsome ransom 
for Russell Wilson, and Seattle said no. So I don't think Seattle is going to trade Russell Wilson this offseason, especially seeing that package that the Chicago Bears put together. And instead of trying to push it even more, Chicago just turned their shoulder and went, Red Rider, you're coming to Chicago. And was that the greatest move in the world? I don't think so. I mean, if they wanted Andy Dalton so bad, you would have got him last year. Instead, you got Nick Foles in a trade with the Jacksonville Jaguars, threw a bunch of money at him, and instead this year say, buddy, you're going back to the bench, and we're just going to get the guy we could have got last year instead of you and Andy Dalton. Doesn't make sense to me at all from the Chicago Bears, but again, as a Packers fan, God, you love to see it uh, from the Chicago Bears. Things, you know, losing Mitch Trubisky, we're feeling down, but we're shooting right back up to the moon here with Andy Dalton at the helm for the Chicago Bears. And the person I feel the most bad for is Allen Robinson, a guy who signed his franchise tag and was looking forward to maybe even catching some passes from Deshaun Watson or Russell Wilson. Instead, he's getting Andy Dalton. Not a good fit. Not a good look for the Chicago Bears getting in Andy Dalton. And he said he only signed with Chicago to be the starter. So my man Nick Foles, former Super Bowl MVP, is going back to the bench again for possibly an entire year. But again, as a Packers fan, you love to see that from the Chicago Bears. Keep things up, Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy. This is your last year with the Chicago Bears. Unfortunately, we'll see you later. You'll go down the Packers Hall of Fame for sure up there with Jay Cutler on our list. But now that's the quarterback market we've seen so far. And, you know, I, I want to just point out there a big name in the quarterback market still available is going to be, of course, Alex Smith. He did do his fair share of uh, starting duties with the Washington football team last year, led him to a division title, said he's still willing to play and start in the National Football League. I want to see if anyone gives him a flyer and, you know, bites on his price or his asking or his market price um, in free agency. But 36 years old coming off a near career ending injury, a lot of red flags uh, with Alex Smith. But I still think a team like Jacksonville could give him a chance, be a great, you know, veteran backup and mentor uh, for potentially tra uh, Trevor. Lawrence next year um, with the Jacksonville Jaguars. So I still think some quarterbacks may fall. And the Las Vegas Raiders reports coming out of Las Vegas is saying that they gave an ultimatum to Marcus Mariota to take a $3 million pay cut or they will move on. So Marcus Mariota, Marcus Mariota also might join this list of quarterbacks here on the open market um, with this free agency frenzy going on. Let's switch to the wide receiver market now. And a big name wide receiver went off the board today in Juju Smith-Schuster. He's returning to the Pittsburgh Steelers on a one-year $8 million deal, turned down multi-year contracts with the Kansas City Chiefs, I believe the Baltimore Ravens, and the Philadelphia Eagles. Multi-year, huge money deals, turned them down. He's returning instead to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Corvette, Corvette, Juju Smith-Schuster is returning to Pittsburgh. Probably going to dance on logos again for all I know. Uh, I'm not a big fan of Juju Smith-Schuster, but he's taking this one-year flyer like I talked about uh, and going to retest the market next year, which I said was going to be really keen and really uh, really critical for the wide receiver market being as bad as it is this year. But Juju takes that route, going to run it back one more year with Pittsburgh and then see what happens next year. And then yesterday, uh, Will Fuller going to the Miami Dolphins on a one-year $10 million deal. I think a great pickup by Miami. He's going to be a good option for uh, old Tua Tagovailoa uh, with that offense alongside uh, Devontae Parker and potentially Jamar Chase or Devonta Smith uh, going there first round, I think, in the draft. Going to be a lot of options uh, for Tua to work with in that offense. And just some other um, you know, wider receivers have coming off the board. A.J. Green, he is going to the Arizona Cardinals on a one-year $8.5 million deal. He's now the number two option behind uh, DeAndre Hopkins for Kyler Murray with that offense. And, you know, the op you know the verdict's still out right now uh, with Larry Fitzgerald. The team's letting him take his time and figure out what he wants to do in terms of his career going forward. And if he runs it back, A.J. Green said he'd love to play alongside Larry Fitzgerald. And Fitzgerald will take a lesser role uh, with A.J. Green carrying that same style of play at the wide receiver position for the Cardinals. But bringing in more wide receivers to carry out that air raid offense, it's going to be good to uh, see how that transpires. And then with the Las Vegas Raiders, they brought in John Brown on a one-year $3.75 million deal. The speed kills uh, 
Vegas Raiders might be back. Uh, they're the team that coined that phrase, speed kills, uh, why, a way a long time ago. But now coming back, John Ross, one of the burners in the National Football League, teaming up with Henry Ruggs, a guy who ran very impressive uh, 40 time last year at the Combine and showed his speed a lot this year. You know, he didn't perform much production-wise, stat-wise, but him just running down the field full speed every play made made the defenses against the Raiders stay honest. That was a threat that they had to watch out for with at least two players downfield, um, you know, working against the speed of Henry Ruggs. Now they got to work against the speed of John Brown on the other side as well. And just we got uh, some more wide receiver news. Marvin Jones to the Jacksonville Jaguars, two-year, uh, 14 or $19 million deal um, going over to the Jacksonville. That's going to be a good pickup by them. Uh, just adding more talent a around uh, their wide receiver room and options available uh, for who we think, of course, is going to be Trevor Lawrence going there in Jacksonville. And finally, Emmanuel Sanders, one-year, $6 million deal, running it with the Buffalo Bills. And Emmanuel Sanders, I have issues with him. He went to the New Orleans Saints, said the Green Bay Packers, last time he was on the market, said he didn't want to play in the cold weather, and that's why he turned down the Packers. But to each their own, buddy, uh, you got cut by the Saints. Now you're going to the Buffalo Bills. Um, so now apparently with the market dead now, you, you like the cold weather? I mean, you could have just come to Green Bay. But uh, I think it's going to be a good fit uh, for the Buffalo Bills, a great number two option behind Stephon Diggs, pushing Cole Beasley down to that number three option for Josh Allen. Josh Allen has all the tools now potentially go to potentially go for an MVP award, in my opinion, next season. Um, but yeah, all those things in the wider receiver market I think were very good. And just looking at things going forward, um, uh, you know, just the wide receiver market's been very dry so far. And the quarterback market, I think, has, you know, been pretty steady uh, from what we've seen so far. But we're going to take a quick uh, second break here and come back and talk about some of the best deals we've seen, worst deals we've seen, and the best guys left to wrap up today's episode. So we'll be right back and take a quick break. You're listening to the Slaw Sports Show on WSOE 89.3 Elon Burlington. All right, and we're back here on the Slaw Sports Show discussing free agency frenzy rolling along here. Now let's look at some of the best deals we've seen here. We're now at day three of the official start of the league year, wrapping it up here at 10.43 p.m. Best deals we've seen so far. Number one, John Johnson to the Cleveland Browns being their new safety in the back end. I love this deal. And in terms of all the free agents, um, on the entire market and their fits in the NFL, um, you know, fits for their new teams. John Johnson to the Cleveland Browns was my number one pick. And Cleveland got him on a three-year, $33.75 million deal. Perfect contract. And, you know, he already talked about how, you know, the, the, the culture around Cleveland is what lured him there. And everyone brought up that, you know, we're so surprised to hear that about the Cleveland Browns. No, this is a long time coming. And the Cleveland Browns, I think next year, are going to shoot to the moon. And it's rocket season for the Cleveland Browns. You think of what they got building on defense. And, you know, they're continuing to build it uh, so far this year in free agency, getting Odell back on offense. This is a team who, remember, last year went to the playoffs, took down the Pittsburgh Steelers, gave the Kansas City Chiefs a run for their money. I'm high on the Cleveland Browns. I have been on a long time for a long time coming now. The last, you know, four years, I've been very keen on this rebuild coming up here with the Cleveland Browns. And John Johnson adding to their secondary is a perfect fit, in my opinion. He's going to team up with Denzel Ward back there, Greedy Williams, and Grant Delpit. Perfect. And, you know, they also got uh, Hill also coming in at corner from uh, the L.A. Rams as well. Troy Hill, two-year, $9 million deal at corner. They're building up that secondary for the Cleveland Browns, and I am loving it. But just some other best uh, deals I've seen so far. Trent Williams. Late a 4 a.m. Eastern time pickup by the uh, or re-signed by the San Francisco 49ers. Six years, $138 million monster deal for Trent Williams, a guy who was the number one free agent on the board this year in the entire market. He's coming back with the 49ers to the highest paid offensive lineman in NFL history, passing David Bakhtiari of the Green Bay Packers by 10, uh, I think 10 million, I believe it is. And 10 million or 10,000, just barely over that cut of getting uh, that title as the highest paid offensive lineman. Good deal by the uh, 49ers bringing back a key part of their offensive line. Also 
brought in Alex Smith at center, or excuse me, uh, Alex uh, Mack at center, not Alex Alex Smith, Alex Mack uh, from the Atlanta Falcons, brought him in at center. So the 49ers uh, doing a great job building their offensive line, and I think got a good deal uh, with Trent Williams and uh, locked him in long-term. And another um, good deal, Corey Lindsley to the LA Chargers, five-year, 6.25, uh, $62.5 million deal. Corey Lindsley, an all-pro center from the Green Bay Packers. Hate to see him leave, uh, but he got his bags. the highest-paid center now in the National Football League with the Chargers, reuniting with former Packer uh, Brian Balaga on their offensive line. I think a good pickup by the Chargers in terms of fit and in terms of uh, I think they you know paid a decent amount of money. Um, you know, Even though he's the highest-paid center now, Corey Lindsley deserves it as a guy who's an all-pro this past season. Uh, Shaquille Griffin to the Jacksonville Jaguars I thought was a great deal as well. Three years, $40 million. He's a you know a Pro Bowl corner this past season, uh, teaming up now with second-year cornerback C.J. Henderson on their back end. That was a big pickup by the Jaguars. And recently, Anthony Harris at safety. One-year, $5 million deal with the Philadelphia Eagles. So Philadelphia addressing that secondary that looked to potentially be depleted again from what they lost, but adding a huge pickup here in terms of uh, safety help with Anthony Harris and here we go again with another one-year flyer, but a one-year $5 million flyer for a guy of Anthony Harris's caliber, guy who's an interception monster on that back end of the defense. I think it's a big pickup by the Eagles as well. And finally, my last best deal, and I'm saying this one last because it's pretty much could be a best deal or a worst deal in free agency, and this is the one I'm really keen on to watching how this one plays out. But Bud Dupree going to the Tennessee Titans on a five-year, $82.5 million deal, whopping deal for a guy coming out or coming off of an ACL tear who has to work his way back. That's the second highest contract we've seen given so far through free agency, but only a $5 million cap hit this year in 2021. I think it might work out for the Tennessee Titans. I think they might have finally found their edge rusher uh, as an outside linebacker, their pass rusher they desperately needed. But if... Bud Dupree doesn't come back from his ACL injury. We might see the reincarnation here of Jadavion Clowney uh, from last season. But I think Bud Dupree, uh, if he can come back, this would be a great deal uh, for the Tennessee Titans. And then some of the worst deals we've seen so far through the free agency frenzy. Uh, Trey Hendrickson, we've already talked about, hate that deal, four-year, $60 million. Don't know what production we're going to get from him um, in terms of what he did last year in New Orleans. If, is he going to replicate that? Uh, Yannick Ngakwe. With the Las Vegas Raiders at defensive end as well, two-year, twenty-six million dollar deal. My issue with Yannick and Gakway's deal isn't the price; it's the Raiders and John Gruden, and it's the thirteen million dollar cap hit he has on his on his name for twenty twenty one. This is classic John Gruden, everybody. John Gruden going out, falling in love with a guy, throwing money at him, and he's just going to move on from him after one year. Um, because this cap hit is spread straight evenly. And if Yannick Ngakwe doesn't perform this year, John Gruden's a guy who would be terrible on Match.com, uh, said Michael Lombardi on the Pat McAfee show, and I got to agree with him. And it's a guy who loves somebody, moves on from him after a year, and hates him. I think we're going to see this yet again with Yannick Ngakwe. Perfect example of the reason that John Gruden should not be calling the shots for the Raiders. Uh, and then just other uh, moves I wasn't too keen on, uh, just the last one, Joe Thune signing with the Kansas City Chiefs at guard on a five-year, $80 million deal. I don't understand why the Chiefs cut both their tackles and then pay $80 million over the next five years to a guard. Yes, he's the best guard. Yes, he's the best offensive lineman in the entire, um, you know, outside of Trent Williams re-signing. But Joe Thune was a big name on the board in the free agent market this year, and it might be a great pickup for the offensive line of the Kansas City Chiefs, but I don't understand why you cut both your tackles, save all that money just to throw it all over to Joe Thune. Doesn't make sense to me going forward uh, with Kansas City, but he's there for the next five years. And that's going to be interesting uh, to see. So all these players we've talked about of who has been signed so far, over 200 players have been signed. Who's left? Who Who's left to potentially get deals going in the next week and this weekend? And there's a lot. I mean, it's surprising how many great players are still available and how many value, great values there there are to be had in free agency. First one we're going to talk about of the best who are out of the best of players who are left is going to be Kenny Galladay, a guy who's been a touchdown machine, led the NFL 
um, two years ago with 11 touchdowns, you know, had back to back thousand yard seasons in 2018 and 2019. Dealt with some issues, um, you know, limited only five games this past season. But when you talk about guys who's one of the best at contested catches, Kenny Galladay is probably the best contested uh, contested ball catcher in the National Football League. And right now he's staying for his third day in New York. Meeting uh, He met yesterday, met today. He's going to meet again tomorrow with the New York Giants. He said he's asking around 15, $18 million. I, you know, the way the market's going right now with wide receivers, I don't think – He's going to get that much, but I think he works something. I think he does work something out with the New York Giants. But uh, more teams are interested in him. Baltimore Ravens, Cincinnati Bengals are interested. Uh, a lot of teams are in the market right now for a guy like Kenny Galladay. Uh, but I think the Giants, they can't let him leave. Do not let Kenny Galladay leave New York. Whatever you do, do not let this guy leave. And just we keep talking about the wide receiver market hurting right now. T.Y. Hilton, Antonio Brown, both guys who are you know fit that bill and still struggling uh, to find their contracts going forward, especially, especially going to be tough for guys like Sammy Watkins, Alshon Jeffrey, and Deshaun Jackson, uh, who are questionable guys, you know, very low-tier number two guys. Um, see if they even can get a deal before the season starts. And then offensive line-wise, you know, the two names really still on the board right now is the two tackles cut from Kansas City, Mitchell Schwartz and Eric Fisher, uh, potentially looking to get deals in the next couple of weeks. Running back is a position I think that's still pretty decently deep, despite Chris Carson returning to Seattle and Philip Lindsay getting signed by Houston today. Guys like James Conner, Leonard Fournette, James White, and Todd Gurley are still on the board potentially to get signed. James White and Fournette are two guys that are looking to get um, signed first. There's been a lot of talk and a lot of momentum from multiple teams for both those guys. Gurley's an interesting one. If he can get back to form, could be a steal for a team um, on a short um, short and very favorable, very value deal. Um, and on the defensive side of the ball, big names here as well, uh, still available. Nanavikin Sue and Geno Atkins at defensive tackle. Carlos Dunlap um, at defensive end. Linebacker, we got Justin Houston, Melvin Ingram, and Jadavion Clowney, guys who are still available. And then we get to the secondary. And like I said, just like the wide receiver market, the cornerback market is hurting right now, and there's still great value to be had with some of these guys. Richard Sherman, the big name, I think, still out there. A guy who I thought would be one of the first to get signed is still there going into the weekend. Um, you know, he's going into it this season looking to be 33 years old. He's coming off an injury shortened campaign yet again. But in 2019, made the Pro Bowl, and the guy, he said he wants to play two more years, I still think would be a good fit. Uh, for the Las Vegas Raiders, um, you know, there's already gotten to some issues a little bit um, with colluding with him. But I think that they can still get something done and be a good fit there for Richard Sherman. Uh, Kyle Fuller, he now joins the list after getting cut from the Chicago Bears. He opens the market two years removed from an all-pro season. Guy's a ball hawk, durable corner. Love this guy. Um, Kyle Fuller, I think he's going to get... A lot of interest here in the next couple of days. Already getting some right now. Green Bay Packers, you guys should make a move here for Kyle Fuller. You try to get him before he's sitting right there to easily take in free agency if they can get something working. But Adoree Jackson, another guy who got cut this year, along with um, A.J. Boye and Casey Hayward as well. Just guys in, these, uh, guys in the cornerback position right now are great value to be had, in my opinion, with these guys. Great number two corners. Um, and even guys who potentially could be a number one corner uh, for some shaky defenses, uh, like we saw, you know, with Mike Hilton and Ouzier going to bank, going to the Cincinnati Bengals. One of those guys can end up being that cornerback number one for that team. And if there's another team out there that needs that true number one corner. Uh, you know, maybe the New York Jets uh, could potentially get a guy like Boyek or Casey Hayward or Richard Sherman uh, to be that filler as their number one corner going forward. But it's interesting. There's so much value still to be had in free agency this year, even with 200 players already signed on to new teams. And I think that um, it's going to keep shaking out throughout, uh, throughout the rest of the weekend and going into next week. Um, but it's just going to be interesting. I mean, are these guys going to get their deals or not uh, going forward? I think Galladay might potentially be the next big game, uh, big name to fall. Um, either with the New York Giants or the Giants let him leave. I think he signs very soon with the team uh, quite after that. But just great value to be had with all these guys um, in 
free agency. And just to wrap out the show here, I want to run through March Madness of what we've got going on in college basketball. Uh, for those who are interested, just run through the teams who have won so far and make sure your brackets haven't been busted. Baylor took down Hartford 79-55. to They're moving on and facing Wisconsin, who took down 8-seed North Carolina. Roy Williams in North Carolina, not good, uh, losing in the first round um, You know, for a long time. Uh, Coach is one of the best in college basketball. Losing in the first round, not good to see. Um, other teams or other games that are over at the moment, uh, North Texas beat Purdue 78-69. Texas Tech uh, moving on to take on Arkansas. Florida moving on to take on Oral Roberts, who got an upset today over number two-seeded Ohio State 75-72. to And then we go down to the Midwest uh, region of the bracket. Illinois beat Drexel handedly. And they are going to be taking on Loyola, Chicago, who took down Georgia Tech, Oregon State taking on Oklahoma State, um, and my and you know looking at Slaw's bracket, Oklahoma State we got them going all the way. So great to see Oklahoma State taking down Liberty. That one was a tight one uh, that ended right before we came on air, but Oklahoma State against Oregon State here in the next round, and the rest of them still going on except for Houston, who beat Cleveland State eighty-seven to fifty. Six, 31 point win and that one Houston moving on so that's what we've got uh, wrapped up here um, in March Madness keep a lookout on your brackets for the rest of the night and the days ahead March Madness will roll on uh, mine's not sitting or mine's sitting decent right now it's already been broken uh, but you know we still got a lot of teams uh, still in the hunt right now and still working through it um, in my bracket but pretty much that's all we have for the Slaw Sports Show today. So thank you all for joining me. Uh, thank you all for listening to me ramble a little bit about the free agency frenzy. But again, look out for tomorrow night, UFC fight night, middleweight bout, Kevin Holland against Derek Brunson. Slaw's main card pick of the week is Kevin Holland by TKO in that one. Again, looking to improve up to a 5-2 and two record overall in Slaw's main card pick of the week. And, you know, just rolling through, um, be on the lookout for all things sports going on this weekend. Um, NFL free agency will roll on. So will March Madness, the NBA season, spring training uh, heating up in the MLB as well. A lot of coverage to go forward and check out in the world of sports. So thank you for spending the time to, uh, listening to the Saw Sports Show. You can find us again on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor.fm, Spotify, um, Overcast. Anywhere you get a podcast, you will find uh, the Saw Sports Show. So go in there, subscribe, check us out um, every Friday, and we'll be here live on WSOE 89.3 from 10 to 11 every Friday as well. And check us out on Twitter. We're trying to cover everything going down in free agency as best we can um, at Slaw Sports Show on Twitter as well. And official site of the Slaw Sports Show, knoble 87 at Wix or knoble87.wixsite.com slash Slaw's Sports Report. We'll have winners and losers of the free agency this weekend on there as well. And also on our YouTube channel at Slaw Sports Show as well. So that's all we have for this week. Thank you for joining me. And until next time, peace.